You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. From Chicago, this is the Chavrusa. I'm Avram Kipolevich. I'm Kalman Warch. Kalman, uh, it's very hard not to be affected by these partios that we've been reading Um and not newspapers, but on Shabbos. But the, what we've been affected by the events of, of Sefer Bamidbar, uh, they are so uh, stark and uh, they really speak to not only our times in terms of what does it mean to, to be a community, but they also have such tragic elements to them uh, that we can't stop thinking about them even more than I think any other sections in the Torah. So this week, of course, is Parshas Chukas. And one of the things that I think is 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 really uh, part of what gets everybody talking about is Moshe Rabbeinu's uh, inability, or the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu will not go into Eretz Israel. Right? Parshas Chukas is is maybe it was meant to be. Maybe this was just going to happen from the time of the Meragam. There's a lot of different angles on it to understand what exactly his chet was. But I actually want to zero in on something else, which has to do with the conversation I was having with you uh, a while back. And that is, Chazal tell us that, uh, and I can't find the exact medrash, but I know if we looked long enough, our listeners could find it and people could find it. That if Ilmole Moshele was Zoycha to go into Eretz Yisrael, that there would have been the Messianic age, would have, the Mashiach would have come, and the base Hamitish would never have been destroyed. And we start off with this idea, not just of, of trying to figure out what Moshe's head was, but also dealing with that alternate possibility of had Moshe lived, had Moshe been able to go in there to show how the world would have been different had Moshe and not Yoshua been the one to lead us in there to show. Yeah, and I, I hear, I, and, and of course, I, I think everyone who's listening is also probably aware that there are many such examples given in by our sages about what ifs in, in the Torah. Right. And, and and this one, I think, is a classic. How the world would have been different had Moshe lived, had Moshe gone to Eretz Yisrael, how we would have been different. And I think you, you can even take it all the way back. And again, I I, I had a mental note because uh, uh, go to all the Ilmoles or ilus or ilmoles that uh, are found in Chazal, just to throw out a couple of them. One of them was, um, you know, had uh, uh, had other Marish, had Avram Avinu been created first, right? That that had, had Avram Avinu's neshama been the neshama that would have graced um, uh, humanity. Yeah, or, or even the most classic one, which would be, what would have happened if Adam and Chava would not have eaten from the tree? Right. I think that 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 that's probably the one. No, you're that, right. That's yeah. that. I, that should have been the first one. Had there not been, had Adam not been Chota, and again, I can't find the exact Chazal in the Zohar, or whatever. But part of what we've heard about is that that we wouldn't be here, right? They would only this whole idea of 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 the millions and millions of human beings that populated the world would not have occurred. What would have happened instead was. I don't know. <laughs> there would have been eternal life for Adam and Chava, and I don't know how many more souls there would have been, how many other humans there would have been. But these Maimarim exist, right? And 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 and, and you you well, let's get your take on what you believe these Maimarim are really about. And 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 I think that many of us 
like ourselves who are living today and with the influence of 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 the highbrow lowbrow uh constant streaming culture or grow, like I did you know uh, growing up uh I had you know three parents I had my mother and, and my father and then I had the little black and white uh television that 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 rested in an Aron Kodesh you know in our house it was you you had to open it up like you were opening up Mamish the the Aron and deep inside of it with this was this small little black and white TV you recite Brich Shemay every time you it was it was the most impressive thing I remember of a piece of furniture because you needed to open it up and then you would you would stare at it so as a child who nursed at the at, at at the breast of the cathode tubes of 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 those telev of the television, I was what was coming into my brain was all these uh, uh, movies and specul and movies which of course were built on 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 speculation. I have to tell you that that um, one of the most dearest memories that I have, and of course we ended up graduating from that old black and white to like a huge black and white <laughs> that, that that became obsolete a couple of years later. And finally, I remember we got the color TV. But when we had the huge black and white and we were able to actually sit on a couch and we didn't have to stare at it like this, I have, so, I have such dear memories of uh, spending uh, December 31st evenings uh, with my mother, Olashalem. We didn't have to go to school January 1st. We weren't so, you know, in Memphis, they understood. You're not going to get anybody to ride to, 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 to get on a bus. No, you're not going to be able to get the bus drivers to work. So school was off. And January 1st was a total day off. But December 31st was very special to me because the local television station would show, starting from 1030, um, they would show Frank Capra's classic, It's a Wonderful Life. And I would watch it with my mother every single year. And now it, it, most, on most uh, stations, and again, I'm not trying to bore you here, you, you didn't grow up in America, but most stations, it was shown on Christmas because December 25th, because it's a movie that deals with, uh, you know, the spirit. And of course, it's, it has Christian, a lot of Christian aspects to it. Uh, but we watched, for some reason, because the movie ends with singing Old Lang Syne, you might remember the very last scene, uh, they're singing Old Lang Syne. So because of that, these television uh, gods in Memphis decided that they were going to show it on December 31st. And I sat with my, my mother, I, I, I will probably say six or seven or eight years in a row, watching this film and looking forward to having this time to stay up late and just take this into my in, into my consciousness. And we all know that this film is really, in a way, for many people, the defining what if scenario, what what if uh, of a person. I think you're familiar with the film now too, as well, aren't you, Calvin? Yeah, I think pretty much everyone is familiar with the film and and the idea of the what if. And I think that for you, maybe it is more special. I mean, ignoring your, uh, um, you know, uh, De debatably objectionable uh, metaphor to your third parent, but um, but uh, you've covered yourself. Don't worry. The Illinois Center of Jewish Studies only uh, only sanctions the part that Rabbi Warch, who is a who is an employee of that institution, they they do not sanction the ten ninety nine characters that resemble 
Um, anyone in real life is purely by uh, accident. Anyway, so but with that, I I think that that we 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 do tend to to give a lot of um, um, a, a lot of meaning to this what if question, and I think that there are a number of reasons why we have to be wary. Let us just let us just say what the what if there is as well. Can we've talked about what if Adam and Chava hadn't sinned? What if Adam Arishon was not the first? person created. What Chazal telling us this, and Chazal telling us what if, you know, Moshe Rabbeinu had gone in. So the what if that's here, you know, we're not talking about a a, a figure out of Tanakh, we're talking about someone that came out of Joe Swirling's imagination, the screenwriter for um, uh, It's a Wonderful Life. What if this quote-unquote George Bailey character uh, had not been part of the world, right? He, well, I don't know if we want to get stuck in that story. I think although that 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 film does a particularly, if I may, wonderful job of illustrating this but, point. But, 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 but again, it, it's, I, I think it's really about all of us. I mean, that's you, right. you, you've got a hundred of these. I've got a hundred of these. Everyone listening has a hundred of these. You know, if I'd only walked down a different street, if I had only um, you know, turned, made a left instead of a right, if I'd only, we've got a hundred of these. And right. the question is, is that an appropriate processing? It, which, so what I'd like to suggest is that it's actually a really dangerous way of thinking, and that it isn't necessarily as as healthy as as it's made out to be. As if these kinds of exercises are somehow going to give you this great inspiration uh, that 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 this film or any of the other um, takes on this theme right. seems to suggest. Well, let me just throw one thing in before you move on from the film, which I've. Glowingly described as so much part of my childhood, and you wanted to just walk away from. I know that this is not Siskel and Ebert or any of the at the movies shows. You can listen to other podcasts on our uh, on our platform to hear stuff like that. But I do want to just point out because I know many people here have watched It's a Wonderful Life. the The problem with the film is that the film tells you what the world would be like if you had not existed. And therefore, look at all the changes you make as a human being that wouldn't have happened had you not lived. The, but the film should really be about, and it wouldn't have ended the same way, I think, is let's say, as you just pointed out, you would have been, like Robert Frost said, you would have taken a different road. You would have not made those decisions that you made, more like what Chazal are, are talking about. Uh, and not what would the world have been without you, because we all have influence and change things in a way. I think what, what eats at many of us is w- w- maybe things would have been different had I done this, had I chosen a different life path, a different life partner, a different w- way of looking at things, a different city to live in. That's really the question. And you're telling me, Coleman, that you believe thinking about this and wondering about your what had been is really negative and is really uh, paralyzing, and it's really unhealthy to do that. I think that's what you're saying. What I'm suggesting is that people will use this to somehow um, explain that where they are is unjustified and where they are is unfair to them because it was, if I may, a simple twist of fate that, that, that brought them there uh, uh, that brought this person to this place, and therefore they tell themselves that that really the 
alternate reality is there real i think people go there people tend to think and i think that what the movie illustrates and i'd like to raise a second point even though maybe we can focus on that later a little more which is the point that you don't even know what the truth is in the movie it's said well had you not done this look at this terrible thing that would happen that person would have destroyed their life that person would have had a horrible life and because you were here it's a everyone's got a wonderful life you get a wonderful life you get a wonderful life you get a wonderful life everyone gets a wonderful life with that isn't really you don't know that right if a person says you know had i only invested in in apple when it first came out you know where would i be today and yet we say had you invested in apple the next day you would have been hit by a truck. But, but because you didn't, you're still around today. So we don't know anything. So the exercise is futile because you don't have knowledge. But but before we go there, I think, what, let me ask you, and what are you looking to gain? Maybe I should ask you to present. What does a person gain from this exercise? If, if, if again, they're just guessing, you're just okay. guessing. So let's go back to where we guessing. let's go back to where we started. We started with Chazal. Chazal do that, right? Chazal no. And I want I want to, I want to let me make that clear. You ask me a question. You want me to answer? I'll answer. Okay. Okay, but you can't. I'm asking you in terms <laughs> of for me, for you, why is it important? Not for them. They're different. Kalman, as I used to tell you when we were physically together. Hold on, it'll become clear. All right. Chapnished. <laughs> all right. So let's first of all talk about what Chazal do. Right. Chazal, what did they gain by telling us that if Moshe Rabbeinu had lived, we would have had uh, the Oyum Ahem as the Mashiach? What did they gain by telling us had Adam Arishon not been chayte? Right. What they're telling us is a, is a method, giving us a method to deal with where we are today as well. It isn't just to kick ourselves in the head and saying, boy, this world is now Makoko because this didn't happen. Um, part of what we need, because we are people of imagination we need a narrative and the way you create your narrative and to come to terms with it just like in a way george bailey does in the film the way to come to terms with it and maybe even alter things is by having the contrast the same way the morale says that the only way you know something is by knowing what the opposite is we as little tiny beings need a narrative in the story. Obviously, from God's perspective, there, everything is muhrach, right? Everything is muhrach. The Bria has to happen the way it happens. Human will to change things, to alter things, is in a sense an illusion that can never be shaken. I, I don't know if you need to go ishbits in order to in order to defend your position. I mean, even if we assume that 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 there are actually um, you know um, infinite options, and not that whether you like it or not. I don't know if we need to go there. You don't have to, but 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 the point is, we I'm I I am I, I do things with the knowledge of Ishbitz, but with also the distinct understanding that we know Ishbitz is true. Besayf that at the end of days, we'll see that everything had to be this way, and this is the way everything was meant to be. But as we're getting to that spot, what allows us to continue is to contrast and to think about what if and what was. Now, sometimes that's going to, that's going to as you say, to paralyze us. It's going I, to I'm, I'm, I'm asking torture. you again, you're telling me you're still not telling me what the actual gain of the exercise. The gain is, is, first of all, it's impossible to just do what you say. 
you want to say zuk, and I think I'm, I'm putting it correctly because we had a conversation about this a long time ago. So I remember what your 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 impressions are. Is that you know you're dwelling in the past. You've you've made those decisions. Do the best you can as you advance. And as you advance, look, if you're going to constantly uh, kick yourself and have consternation over what you didn't do, then you're just going to wallow in in, in, in lost possibilities. And you, one, one second, my answer to that is, is that human beings, in order to progress, need to feel that they are part of a narrative, that it isn't that we just, eh, today is the first day and there isn't anything past. We are we constantly are, are able to arm ourselves by seeing ourselves as part of a story. The story that we know is happening to ourselves becomes a story when we contrast it to an alternate story. The story that we live in has life when it becomes the second possibility or the first possibility to something else. Unless we imagine what could have been, we really don't jump into where we are. It becomes just, okay, one other day. A narrative is created, like I said, from the morale, from having the yin and the yang. So I think what Chazal gain, and I go back to Chazal, what did Chazal gain by telling us, well, you know, uh, you know, if, if, if Hananiah, Mishol, Vazari would have been beaten up Right, they would have been. They would never have gone. Right, they would have just been made at the Lakus. They would never have done this great act of mysterious nefesh. Right? Well, what, what, what I, I think that's a great example. But let me let me clarify a point because I, I I think I think it, it, I'm a little, I feel a little bit misrepresented because we're not talking about that a person shouldn't consider the past. Right? Everyone agrees that you have to go back and look at your mistakes and and learn from all the past experiences. That And I think you gave that off a little bit. I, I'm not of the position that the past is the past and you don't think about it. What, 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 I'm, what I'm talking about is to take that sort of fork in the road which you had in the past and, and say, I could have gone down this way and I could have gone down this way. And, and instead I went down that way. And to then say, for someone to be able to say, and had I gone down those paths, here's the things that would have happened, that's where I'm objecting. Be- because, because number one, what are you gaining from your guesswork? And number two, your guesswork is, is, has no legitimacy except for just being a guess. I, you know, I, I'm sure you, you recall, I, when I was a child, I was not a fan of the Choose Your Own Adventure books. Seriously, I refused to read them. Because the first time I opened it up, I came, you know, if this is your choice, turn to this page. If that's your choice, turn to that page. And I turned to one page and I got one. And then I said, I wonder what would have happened if I had gone to the other one, went to the other one. Then, then you're simply asking me to flip a coin. That's not me choosing my adventure. So, so, so it, it, the whole concept, like if you want me to choose my own adventure, give me a blank page and let me finish the book. I think that, I think that what happens is when we do these things, we're 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 fantasizing about what could have been and what would have been without any knowledge, only to maybe find some solace in a in a um, fictitious scenario that we are writing for ourselves for our convenience. And that's why I'm asking you, what so do you get from that? You... Again, not rehashing the past, but from telling the present based on those other choices. What are you gaining from that? You know, everything is a fictitious scenario. Even the, the what I carry within my own mind about what my purpose is, is a fictitious scenario. Okay, I, I think that's a You're not letting me finish, Kalman. 
every single time we whatever we do is a scenario in terms of our mind capability compared to the creator of the world who has a purpose for us we are just little dust motes coming up with the, the worst ridiculous demilionists and we know that and we're no, not talking no, about whether our imagination right so our stories we're talking about specifically that no so we all operate with a razan de etra, which is a dimyon that we create. And, and, and whether, again, it's, it's very gishmak to talk about it. It's very gishmak to write about it. But we know that from a scientific perspective, from a biological perspective, from a God perspective, from a Kabbalist perspective, it's going to be very different than the story we tell ourselves. If you agree with me, that we need to tell ourselves stories, then we also, in order to put, make our story comfortable we need to have the alternate to to and to say it could have been this way but you know what that's that i now know that it's this and not that if i don't have the old the one that didn't happen then i don't appreciate and understand where i am now uh, uh, again you need the hanoka number one i'll i'll, I'll do it simple hanoka number one is we are imaginative beings that only live. And that's why narrative fiction takes us so much. We need to have a story to promote our lives. Every single one of us, when we wake up in the morning, we just don't take our medication and then run to shul, but we've got a plan for today. And also what is the story of Warch and what's the story of Kivilevich? That story is, is, is you, every single thinking being tells themselves a story of where they are at. They might not be able to write it like Dickens or Hardy or Stephen King, but they are telling themselves a story. In order for that story to work, in order for you to be able to be functional in that story, you also have the story that is didn't happen. And that story is because we are based on those memories. If we don't think about that, I'm not talking about living in a fantasy world, but recognizing Hmm. You know what? If you would have, if this is where it would have been, had you not done that, um, and and I think unless we have those two realities, unless we have these two reality, one of them is not a reality. One of them is just, as you say, a, a, a fantastic, imaginatory type of possibility. But that is the thing that gives real form and structure and strength to the life you're living. Uh, let me let, let me let, let me give you another example from Chazal. Chazal say that Vayif and Kovako, right, that Moshe Rabbeinu is about to do probably the most important, as the Rambam says in Marinavuchim, the act that symbolizes Moshe Rabbeinu for all time, right, the, the, the courage to be able to stand where nobody else did, to do something that was, that, that, that was, went against the grain, Aish Neged right, here he is, the, the person who was raised in the palace, going in and killing uh, an official from the government that he is supposed to be the prime representative of, and, and, and defending uh, the, 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 the slaves. So he does that act. Before he does that act, right, which is really the prime moment that becomes Moshe Rabbeinu and defines him, so Chazal, of course, do not want to say that he was just like a f- looking around furtively and saying, oh, I don't want to kill anybody with anybody looking. But Vayarkenish means, Kovako means, he was already, in a sense, Moshe Rabbeinu with a, a tremendous gift of Ruach HaKodesh. And he was able to see 
that had he not done this, there's an alternate reality. And what's that alternate reality? The Mitzri lives. And the Mitzri lives, and he was able to see children and other children, and somehow he was able instantaneously to take into his mind that none of these children would have really contributed to the world. And therefore, that says, I can now make this choice and kill you, and there will not be those, there will not be those children. Um, now, I, I hear the comparison, but I, I'd like to I, I'd like to disagree with you in your attempt to make this comparison. Now, you may accuse me of splitting hairs, but but I think the whole universe is is leaning on nuances. I, I think that there's a big difference between when you're standing where you are and there's a fork in the road, and you say, based on the, my best understanding, if I go right, then the following will occur, and if I go left. The, then that's what's going to occur. So to look at these two realities or possibilities in my future, I think is, is absolutely vital to, to decision-making process. And not just to say, well, I'm going to look at what the effects are in the moment before me, but to see and to follow where that's going to go. That's different. That's very, and that's what Moshe is doing. He's looking ahead into the future. That's very different than when you're already somewhere and looking back in the past and saying that had I done differently, not if I choose differently now, but had I done differently in the past, here's where I would be. That's where I'm disagreeing with you. And I think the difference between them is, is, is significant. Okay, but you already admit 50% that an act that, Mo so we are happy that Moshe took this act because had Moshe not taken that act, we don't know if he would be Moshe. And we also know that there would have been generations to come of this very uh, uh, um, sadistic person, and none of them would have contributed anything yes. to the planet. So the exercise you're describing now is not the exercise that Moshe did. That's your exercise of had Moshe not killed the Egyptian. But Moshe's exercise isn't had I not killed the Egyptian, it's if I won't. That's future. Uh, and in but the what future, was Moshe all... looking at? What, what Moshe was looking at, an alternate possibility of his life. In there the was future, an alternate. That's beneficial. And what I'm saying is alternate pasts are, are pointless. Alternate futures are, are, are how we make decisions. Whenever Moshe goes on in his life, and Moshe, of course, has troubles after that, but Moshe can be assaged by the fact that had he gone the other way, this is what would have happened. Moshe that's, that's, that's you. That's you making that suggestion. I, if, I, if I may, I'd like to... Uh, I'm gonna, I, I, it's clear to me, the fact that Chazal attribute this to him, that probably Moshe in his times of, of distress, and there were many. Uh, in fact, I wouldn't even say something else about Moshe. We know that the, the Eben Ezra is, is very dismissive of uh, the missing years of Moshe Rabbeinu, right? Moshe Rabbeinu, if, if you remember um, the... Um, we talked a couple of, a long time ago, we talked about Val Kilmer. You might remember. Uh, and, and Val Kilmer uh, has the schus to have been the voice of, of the Prince of Egypt. You might remember. Correct? Can you speak to Charlton Heston? I don't know. Yeah. Well, I don't know. In some ways, I think the Prince of Egypt is, is a superior he's a, film. He's a bad Batman and an even worse Moses. He was a worse Moses. But anyway, but, but you might remember, of course, uh, that, 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 that Moshe Rabbeinu has, what happens to him from Val Kilmer to Charlton Heston? Where are all those years? So we have a, a, a literature, which we call Sfarm Chitzonim and, and Hagagriphia, and we have the story of Moshe Rabbeinu. And, and of course, as you know, 
uh, I think there might even be in Chazal in a certain place. I don't remember right now that he was Melech Bakush Arboyim Shana. I, I yeah. don't know the provenance. It, it does appear, and it's certainly cited by, by Rishonim and Acharon. Right, right. The Sefer Yoshar, whoever wrote the Sefer Yoshar, wasn't Rabbeinu Tam, but whoever wrote that Sefer Yoshar. He wasn't someone in the 20th century, that's for sure. I, I am not trying to to put it in the garbage heap. I'm just telling you, it's not the the the, the father of the of the tesis, and it wasn't Rabbeinu Tam. But anyway, the point is is that in, in is that your alternate past? <laughs> well, the Sefer Yosher and other places talks about Moshe being a melech and what he did there. To me. You know, and the Ebenezer says, who cares, right? You know, he says, I don't, these, these are all demyonis, they're all fantasies. Well, he himself cites it by the Ishakushis, right? That's the... Um, but but he says, he says, do, he says, don't pay any attention to them. They're all, it's all to him. Uh, he dismisses. Listen, we talk, we can have Oshir ben Ebenezer. His attitude to Chazal was in many ways dismissive as well. Im kabol and kabel, okay? Im kabol and kabel. So the Ebenezer is is anyway. That was his job. Yeah, I think that's a whole other discussion. Oh, about, about the Ebenezer and whether we should invest. But here's the thing: I think if I could speak to the Ebenezer, I would say to him the following, uh, Rabbi Avrom, how you doing? My father, Ovid Shalom, by the way, was very. He used to spend Shabbos afternoon. Being Ma'ayan and the Ebenezer and the old Makros Gadolos. He loved it. Maybe it's because the letters were uh, in, 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 in Savashura's script and, and the others weren't. But he loved trying to figure out the Ebenezer. He would, he would just, he, he'd love finding, figure out what the Ebenezer means. But if I could, I would speak to the, uh, to, uh, the Ebenezer and I'd say, look, <laughs> you might be right, but it's important for us to think about Moshe. What if, let's say Moshe had been influenced, like Yisrael tried to sort of influence him according to Chazal, and not gone, he wouldn't have gone back to Eretz, to go back to Mitzrayim. Reading Sefer Yashar and reading about Moshe's 40 years as Melech, it's important for us to see, hmm, this was the Moshe had he not been our leader, but hmm, this is interesting. Where would he have been? What he would have done? And that allows us, let me just finish the point, to appreciate what Moshe did for us, having that fantasy world, which was which 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 our sages or writers have 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 done. It isn't just like you say, find your own adventure. People have done it. We've been doing this from the time of Chazal on. These alternate possibilities, because well, the alternate possibilities is what allows us to find succor and coming to terms with where we are and what the choices we've made. Let, let me again say, to say, if Yisro convinces Moshe, we wouldn't have had Moshe. I think that's still in the area of what I say is okay. I mean, that's going back and saying, had I not made this decision, things would have turned out differently. It's the guesswork as to how it would have turned out that I'm having issue with. And again, I don't read those stories of Moshe as an alternate reality that in some parallel universe amongst the infinite parallel universes, in one of them, Moshe's king of Cush. I think if we if we got ourselves a time machine and we went back to Cush, we would see King Moshe. So, so I, that, that, that's you're a Tumim. You're a Tumim. <laughs> he was he was a. a, a an incredibly great person, even right. without all the, the right. Reviews. I agree, and therefore he would have used that. He would have been that, something. 
right? And, and I assume he was, right? So that, that maybe, and maybe we need a separate discussion on how to figure out which midrashim are literal, which midrashim are theoretical, which are metaphorical. That's 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 an idea for a few. But but again, this process I'm allowing for, and if I may, a famous story, a famous story. Everyone says over the story of the Natsiv, who when he published his uh, Sefer, the Hamikdaver, right? He said. Well, when he published the Hamik Shayla, he then told the story of how, I, I don't want to repeat the story, our listeners can look it up, of, of how his parents had wanted to put him into a, an apprenticeship with a watchmaker. And, and he says to himself, had that happened, I would have come up to Shemaim and they would have said, where's the Hamik Shayla? And I would have had all these watches to, to, to but that would have been it. So I think that's a healthy exercise because what he's saying is I had this choice. I could have been a watchmaker. I could have been, I, I could have been a Talmud Chacham and I chose this way. And Baruch Hashem, Ashreinu, um, you know, um, you but, know you're... But, but he wouldn't have been able to say, and he didn't say that had I become a watchmaker, here's what would have happened next. And then this was what would have happened. That's he exactly what he did. Point. You actually proved my point, Kalman. He actually, no. he had in his mind this image of this Balabas who was making watches. And that was something that was in his brain. He and was again, able that, to contrast that, was, that with what he became. That was at the point of decision. Talmud Chacham or watch. So you say it would have become he a watch. He still talked about I'm, it. I'm he still, still okay. But I've conceded that moment where you could say, listen, had I chosen to go to medical school, I'd be a doctor today, right? I, I, you could say that, but you can't say, and had I been a doctor, I would have been at this city, and then I would have moved on to that hospital. And if, and, and today, how do you know? The, the you more real, know that. that's what I'm saying. The more that's real. What, but that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. And it's a wonderful life. And in, in all these examples you're giving, we're saying, and had this happened, here's what my uncle okay, would have I'm looked not, well, I'm not, you know, now you're misrepresenting me. Now you're misrepresenting me, okay? Well, tell me what I said that misrepresents First of all, you totally misrepresented me. The story okay. of the Nitziv's the, the speech at the Hamik Shela uh, bash, where he celebrated the fact that he wrote the Sefer. And by the way, by the way, since this is my... Yeah, I know. You're, I, I'll point out to the listeners for you that Rabbi Kivalevich happens to be one of the world experts on the Torah. Okay, not, not only that, it's, it's my family. You know, my again, my Zayda was was over there. I named, yeah, I, I named my son after Chaim Veloshner. One of the things that... I'm the, not debating the tip okay, with you. I'm okay, debating okay. the court. No, no. So let me tell you, no one knew who he was. They knew he was he, that he was the Rabbi Itzela's uh, Adim. They knew he was the Adam of Rabbi Itzala, but he was actually considered inferior uh, to Reb Fried, who was the older Adam. And people didn't know who he was. He wasn't considered like this super uh, incredible Kharif. And people would just see him, you know, going over stuff and going to uh, making trips to libraries and, and sitting there writing his things. And people said, oh, who's he? Like, like why did Rabbi Itzala take him as an Adam? And then when the Sefer, he worked so hard to get published, and people saw what this was because the Shultas had been sort of like, you know, uh, closed book. Right. Yeah. Okay. Rabbi Shia Pick wrote stuff, but he writes on everything. All of a sudden, it's he, wow, this is the man that we sort of like shunted away on the side. But this was the one that nobody took notice of. This man is somebody. So when he got up there to speak, you can understand why he actually talked about who he was and he made those choices. Again, you know, people who say the Nitziv was not bright 
or was not that quick are, are obviously doing a disservice to him. But in a yeshiva like Voloshin, where everything was about the sharpness, then it was probably yeah, yeah, yeah. he didn't he didn't play the same game the others right, were playing. Right, and he and he probably did not have the same harifas as his famous antagonist, the the Beis Halevi did. So when he talks oh, about right, the Soloveitchiks of the Soloveitch. Well, when when he talks about this and he talks about the those, the, the the research that goes into being machaber safe on shiltos. First of all, allowing yourself the bittel to understand the, who the shiltos is and what he's trying to do, and going through all the gemaras that he's quoting, and finding the rishonim, and looking through the various girsos, and being able to put that together in a way that is satisfying and actually does more than just putting little notes and going into your own pilpulim, but actually becoming the vivifying force of something else which is what he was trying to do. This well, was I'm gathering you have an opinion on this. The, so the, the, the point, though, is, is that therefore he said, you know, look, I could have probably used these same sort of stolid skills in watchmaking or whatever the profession it was. And what he was trying to say is you can apply yourself. And this is what it was. Now, does that mean that Nitziv might have just been using it for dramatic effect? I think he was really responding to his he knew people would be his critics. And in effect, he was really illustrating the path that he took. Now, again, you misrepresented me, Kalman, when you said that the person is like sitting there playing Second Life. I think that's what it's called, or I don't know what it is, but where you have this avatar that's this world that you didn't take. I'm not talking about doing that. And I never said that. What I said was that if you don't think that in the moments, like Moshe Rabbeinu, I'm sure had, and others, when you wonder about the, 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 the difficulty of the life that you have, whether it's illness, whether it's jobs you didn't get, whether it's a lack of involvement with people the way you want it, whether it's the place you chose, this is a, a method of coming to terms with your narrative. And, 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 and part of it, you're right, it's, 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 it's speculative, it's fantasy, but I believe it's positive because you're right. It could lead someone, you're correct, to basically ignore his life and live this fantasy life where he's just dreaming about the choices they didn't make and, and, and absolving himself of the responsibilities that he has. So you're correct. Doing this. Well, well said. Right. <laughs> Thank you for, for that. But and, 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 and you're right. You need to be careful. Because once you create this in such a vivid fashion, you might just sit there and dwell upon it and write this in your brain, and you're not taking care of what you need to do. I'm not, I, I am not advocating that. On the other hand, I think that if you just say, oh, that's the choice I made, and you don't think about it, it's going to come back to haunt you. These are things which we believe, and you're a strong guy. You're, you, I think in many ways you are tougher than I am. You have a certain type of energy and courage that I don't have. And maybe that's the reason why I think you can say, yeah, look, I made this choice and that's it. I'm not going to make myself nuts about it. I think people like myself represent most people. And most of them, in a way, worry and, 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 and second guess. And in many ways, look back at things. Because things, as they get older, remind them of choices they made or didn't make. And I think the better job we do with fictionalizing or thinking about what it would have been this way and our brains, let me say it better. 
our brains want us to come out with it with a happy ending. Most of us want the two possibilities, just like in It's a Wonderful Life, to say, well, isn't it much better this way? Isn't it much better? Despite the fact that you're not rich, despite the fact that you didn't go on the trip, that George Bailey doesn't go on the trip that he wanted to, didn't leave uh, Bedford Falls and go to a big city and really expand his mind. So he's able to come to terms with his life. And the, the way we do that, I believe, is by, and even in Chazal, I'm going to go even further here. The world of 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 Marishon and Chava with no neshamas, right? Where or the neshamas are there, but in a big way, is this world that we can think about and say, you know what, this is the better velt. This velt is the better velt. And even as what we started with today, even maybe the velt without Moshe Rabbeinu in Eretz Yisrael is the better velt. Right. Well, I, I, if I may, I throw in one more Maimon Chazal if we have time for this. Um, there's a Gemara in Tainus, uh, and uh, I'll just, I mean, you're familiar with this Gemara, but uh, for the sake of the listeners um, who may not be, the Gemara tells us a story of one of the Amoraim who just had a horrible life, really horrible. It's hard to describe how horrible his life was. And uh, he, it turned out that at some point he had this conversation with the Almighty where, where he says to Hashem, you know, I, I, you know this, is, this is intolerable, it's unacceptable. To which Hashem says to him, listen, if you want, I can recreate the world. And if, if I recreate the world, there is a chance that your life will be better. To which he says, there's a chance, that's it, there's a chance. Hashem says, yes, there's a chance that your life will be better. To which he says, well then, have I lived most of my life? Am I... Uh, in, before or past half my life, which is interesting because that tells me that he was in that place. At a, we tend to think of our sages as being seventy or eighty years old, and, and I think that's a mistake that we create because we think of the rabbis of today being you know seventy and eighty, and then we've talked about Rabbi Akiva being that old. But here he's at an age where he doesn't know if he's past half his life, and with an age expectancy of those days. I mean, anyway, but he he ends up not. To, but to me, the answer that Hashem gives him, that I can recreate, we tell ourselves, there's a butterfly effect. If I can go back in time and, and, and add one more car in front of my own car at a red light, then my entire future would be different because of the butterfly effect. And here Hashem says, I'll recreate the world, and there's a chance that things will turn out different. And I think that, that that's part of what this Gemara is trying to tell us, is that even if the world was recreated, even if you got to do things over again, maybe they're different, but maybe they end up exactly where you are and because you are where you need to be. Yeah, well, I think what you're saying is really doesn't contradict what, what I was saying. I think from God's perspective, we know the Rotson Elyon doesn't change. But the, the slight amount of alteration might be enough, even though it's in your mind, to give you the gumption and the energy to soldier on and to soldier on with a sense of nachas ruach. And I think that's really you know, what these exercises are about. And maybe that was true for Rav Pados as well. I think that the, um, you know, whatever moments, whatever he was uh, experiencing, this, his galus that he had, which is, I guess, you know, sort of like it precedes Clarence, uh, the angel, you know, being Megala to, uh, right, to George Bailey. 
sorry, whatever you're doing, you're ending up in the same place. You can't just go back in time and 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 get hold of the infinity gauntlet and just snap your fingers again and bring everyone back. That's cheating. That's cheating. You can't use time travel to solve problems unless you're in a world of time travel. But if you're creating a world of superheroes, you can't just introduce time travel. I, I think that's what we're doing. We fantasize about time travel. And we fantasize it in a way that can bring us to an unhealthy place. Yeah. Well, like I say, Kalman, I think that in many ways, you know, I don't know who said it. Uh, it might have been um, a French philosopher who said this, that the past um, is always with us. And in fact, the past is not really the past. We are in many ways, obviously from the Bonus Sholem's uh, perspective, that there is no Zman is not Magdalene, but even for ourselves, you know, we, the, the past is always here. And I think the way we process that past and the way we are able uh, to move on and make those steps really depends on the agility of our minds to shape the narrative further. And, and the imaginatory faculties that God graced us with we aren't just intellectual beings, Kalman. We're not just uh, we're not just Data and Spock. We are we have a lot of Kirk in us as well, and that and that even aspect, Spock has a little human in him. Right, he's half human, but 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 we don't, and therefore that part of us, and we don't want to become Bones. We don't want to become McCoy because although McCoy deals with science, his emotions get the best of him all the time. But if we don't have Kirks, um, a sort of dramatic aspect of how change can happen through thinking of a scenario. We just make choices from a logician's point of view. I think that we we, we err, and, and unless we feed, I unless... can see that. But our debate is whether you, I'm saying you should use it all in your future, and and you're asking to introduce these uh, imaginations into your past. Which well. is always there. And there is no past. That's the way we can end that. Well, Kalman, um, I think that, uh, you know, we, we can also speculate. What would have been had uh, we not uh, met so many, many years ago, had we not had that uh, encounter at the uh, Chicago Center of Torah and Chesed and wondered if he... Of Kalman Warch would ever have been my Chavrusa. And uh, my Chavrusa, Avram Kivilevitz, my, my life wouldn't be the same in a, uh, in a very significant way without it. And that much I can say. But how it would have been different, I don't know, but I'm glad you are my Chavrusa. Well, maybe we'll discuss afterwards that reality, and you'll see how much better you are from the fact that we were able to meet. Take care, everybody. Be well. Sweet dreams. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.